It starts with an idea, then it's all about action. We're asking the hustlers, the action dreamers, the entrepreneurs, how to make it all possible. But this is all about keeping it real. Not everything is picture perfect, and we want to know about the struggle and the many sleepless nights that it takes to bring a business to life. They say we learn through our mistakes. Well, we're asking the experts so you don't have to. This is Commercial Free. Hey, Michael, I wanted to welcome you to Commercial Free Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to speak to me today about uh, CDL Last Mile. So tell me a little about yourself and what you do at CDL. Well, Stephen, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it and I'm excited to be on. I currently head sales and business development for CDL. We are a 67-year-old regional same-day and next-day parcel carrier in the East Coast United States. We basically make parcels or we make deliveries happen faster for businesses and consumers uh, against UPS and FedEx. How did CDLS Mile initially start? Great question. So my grandfather started it in the 50s. And we started out as a local mom and pop messenger service in Manhattan 67 years ago. And so we had a little office and we were doing on-demand messenger deliveries in the city. And it started with mostly all law firms. My grandfather actually owned a bar and they were having trouble and some of his regular customers, it was a long story here, but most of his regular customers would come in and then they would have problems with deliveries. And way back when in the 50s, 60s, it was, there was no email, there wasn't anything like that. So he started, he got one truck, he got an office in the city and then he had foot messengers in the city and uh, then they started making deliveries and then over the years we basically evolved into a really full-scale regional ground transportation company and so there's FedEx UPS and then a bunch of what we call regional carriers in the marketplace today CDL is considered a regional carrier in the East Coast and basically we come in and offer like a niche competitive advantage to and we offer different flexibilities that you know FedEx and UPS and the national carriers can't provide the whole background of it sounds awesome the family roots and just makes it that much more special. What is the biggest challenge you're facing in your business or project right now and how are you tackling it? So to be honest, the biggest challenge for us actually has, is a function of the pandemic. And I think it's affected a lot of businesses. But for us in particular, it's, it's had a positive influence, which is obviously a great thing. But it's managing capacity in our network. Right now, we currently actually service eight states out of seven distribution centers. And labor resources are very, very tight. That we just we're finding people just don't want to work and you know it's hard to find the right talent and recruit 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 finding it bringing on board proper driver resources is also challenging but for us i'd say the biggest challenge is we're getting calls from shippers left and right that are looking for diversity in their supply chains and trying to give away parcel volume from the national carriers because the nationals like fedex and ups they have all these sorts of surcharges and they're putting in they're implementing increases because of COVID-related costs. And so for us, we come in and offer an advantage where we don't have any of those surcharges, but it's really a function of capacity and volume. And right now we have such a, we're only limited in what we can reasonably deliver with the current network that we have and our driver resources. We can't take, we don't have unlimited capacity. So it's a good problem to have, but the biggest challenge for us is really capacity driven. We have too much demand for our service and not enough supply of driver resources. So now on the flip side of that, tell me about a time when CDL celebrated like a huge milestone and how did that fuel growth for the company in the future? Hmm, good question. So a big milestone for CDL this year was that we we are considered one of Nike's premier regional East Coast carriers. They've never brought on a regional on the East Coast except for UPS and FedEx. And Nike was awarded the business, which was a major win for us. 
We're just in the testing phase now, and Go Live coincidentally starts next week. Well, actually, end of this week. We have a test this week, and then we start full scale next week going into peak, which is we consider peak, you know, holiday season for CDL and any sort of shipping carrier. So yeah, we expect a tremendous relationship with Nike. And we think that brand recognition, having that in our portfolio is just going to drive other shippers to CDL. So tell me something that's not confidential. So like something that was like really small, but like had a lasting impact. Hmm, That's interesting. In line with that, I think a win for us was we migrated. And again, I don't know if this is what you're looking for, but we migrated our customer support experience to a company called Five9 after historically having such a homegrown sort of system with a telephone company, long story. So we moved to Five9, which manages all of our customer support tickets that come in. And it's honestly allowed us to stay very, very organized and allowed a lot of our customer service reps to work remote, but also keep tabs on the tickets that are open for any customer inquiries that come in. So it's gone a long way for us as far as being able to keep us organized, allow us to deliver prompt response times back to consumers where we really had no organizational method uh, previously. Going back to like what you said, because you you are basically in the service industry. So being able to answer your customers in a timely manner and making sure that their needs are satisfied is a huge win, even if it's a small one like you just mentioned. Absolutely. And the truth is, People want their packages now. They don't want to wait and they're looking for an answer. So we have that. We have five nine. We have a chat on our website where consumers can go reach out and we try and give honestly, we try to deliver an, an answer within two hours. Whereas, you know, typically sometimes you're in, you're reaching out to not don't compare anybody to Amazon because they have the best customer service. But if you reach out to certain shippers or certain merchants, you might not get an answer for days. So for us, from a carrier standpoint, to be you know as an advantage versus other regionals and other carriers in the marketplace, we try and respond within two hours or less. I mean, I'd like it even sooner if I had my way, but two hours or less, we want to give any customer that reaches CDL an answer as to what's going on, whether it's an ETA, whether it's an issue with their delivery, an exception occurred, doesn't matter. We want them to have an answer. And I'm sure you can relate to this too. As soon as, if you order something online, as soon as you hit order, it's like you're, you're already looking out the window for the truck to come with the delivery, you know? Yeah, you're signing up for notifications, you're checking tracking every day, you literally are waiting on the package. And that's how it is. Consumers want it now. So we need to be delivering them answers now. So what is the most important lesson you've learned over the course of your career in the shipping industry? Wow, I have to think about that for a second. I think one of the most important, I guess, pieces to things I've learned is it's very, very important to listen first. A lot of people like to take action, but I think, for example, I lead BizDev, I direct our sales team, I engage our tech team, I'm involved in all our API builds. You have to listen first, and I think listening is so important. So when, for example, a shipper comes to us, a lot of time, you know, a carrier that's trying to make a sale, just try and tell you everything that you want to hear. But for us or for me, I think one of the most critical things is if you're a great listener, it'll allow you to see where a certain person or a certain shipper or merchant has their pain and kind of create solutions that are tailored to their needs. So for us, and, and that as the, using that as an example, shippers come to us day and night, but they all have different issues, whether it's cost, whether it's service, it, it could be anything, whether they're getting hit with too many surcharges. I love to listen to exactly where they're experiencing pain. Maybe it's certain geographies. There's certain areas that they're experiencing transit times that are like three plus days. So if you listen first, it's honestly gone a long way as far as allowing me to be a better provider of a solution to that person or that shipper. 
So this plays off the question I just asked you. Uh, what's one lesson your job at CDL has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Separate from just on the job stuff in general, I think honestly had to be on time. And I think it's such a simple one, but when I started at this place at CDL, again, my father is the current owner my, and my grandfather started it. I would wake up and get in at like 4.30 in the morning every day. And if I came in late, if, if I came in at 5.01, if I was in after five o'clock, I ruined my father's entire day. So I know what it means to be on time. And I think being on time is so important for anything. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a job interview, whether it's a dinner with a friend or you know an outing or event or whatever it is. I think he's taught me outright, you know, my father had to just be on time. And if you're early, you're never late. But if you're on time for anything, you, A, you can't get in trouble, especially if you're married or anything like that. So, and I, I, again, it sounds so simple and foolish and it doesn't relate to the job or task at hand, but being on time for anything, whether it's a business meeting or anything else, sets the example early. It like, it already puts in such a good taste in whoever it is that you're meeting or dealing with, uh, you know, eyes. So I think that's important. I'll give you an example. Yesterday when I was, out working, I went to a yacht club in Jersey and I was doing drone videos for them. And I've never been to the place. So I got there, me and my friend, probably like an hour and a half early. And dude, yesterday was like the perfect weather. So we were literally just sitting by the dock. I took like a 30 minute nap just to like recuperate from that, like the two hour drive over. So getting places early and being on time definitely has its benefits, you know, like it, like you said, it looks good. I absolutely agree. I think it low, and honestly, it's something that you teach your children. Like a lot of times people try and press the envelope the last minute. You know what I'm saying? And if you teach kids punctuality, I think it's gonna just go a long way. Oh, 100%. So what's your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs? I would probably say waking up early. Like, so, and most people, honestly, and I, I, count, I bring it down to math. So most people, might wake up at a regular time and work a nine to five, whether it's, you know, wake up at seven or eight. Honestly, most days I'm up at five, five thirty. And if you're up or automatically at those hours, you over the course of a week, if that's just two hours, right? Two hours a day, two times five is 10, 10 hours a day. You have 10 hours of work against on someone else automatically. For most people, entrepreneurs, they're doing their own thing. They, they have a vision, but you don't have time. You don't have the luxury of time. There's no time for sleep. So 10 hours, I'll get, and if you add that up over the course of a year, 10 hours a week, it accumulates to more than 20 days ahead of productivity and work that you have on somebody else. That's amazing. And I listened to this one podcast too, and his name is Rob Dial. You should check him out. He's the mindset mentor. And he's like, all you have to do is become 1% better a day. And I guess like what you said, going back to the productivity hack, if you wake up, like say two hours earlier, that accumulates to a bunch of time over the year. And like you said, it puts you ahead of everybody else. Literally, it's 21 days over just a five-day work week, and that's only if you're factoring five days. So figured you having 21 days of productivity against somebody else, it's like training for something or being an athlete. It's just mind-boggling, but it really gives you a leg up. In your opinion, what is the most important personality trait for someone to be successful in what you do? And whether that be sales or any part of what your job entails. Yeah, absolutely. I think a couple things. I think you need to have charisma. You need to be enthusiastic, but you also need to be personable. And I think those are three key ingredients. I also think lastly, you need to be 
persuasive, but in a good way, persuasive, not like like aggressive persuasive, but per- persuasive enough where you could build a client's or person's trust. And people, you know, they'll do business with you if they trust you. But most important, I think my biggest trait is charisma. I have an energy about me that's unmatched and it's allowed me to succeed and network and build relationships with a lot of external people that away from CDL that have kind of helped influence the business. Going back to what you said about the charisma, like when we were at our Barry's class on this past Sunday, that was just insane. Like the energy that you gave off to like me, Alex and Mike, when we were on the treadmills, <laughs> like we look over, you're like, you're, you're, you're doing a 15 and I look at mine, I'm only doing 11. I'm like, shit, I got to run faster. <laughs> so it's definitely contagious. <laughs> it's, that's it, man. That's what guys do though. You know, we're, we're competitive, but it's great. And the energy feed, people feed off positive energy i also think that honestly let me add that in there being positive person nobody wants to talk or be with you know somebody giving off negative energy and if you're giving off positive energy people are going to reciprocate with it in return definitely is it's like the law of attraction in, in a way like you put out good energy you'll get it back put out negative energy you'll get the same thing you know and the same thing goes for like thoughts if you're thinking negatively you're going to attract the same energy back to you so it's all about the headspace too exactly what is it like working at cdl during the holiday season i already got all my vacations out of the year early working at cdl as a shipping carrier during what we call peak and holiday season is very very challenging been doing it for as long as i can remember I've worked every uh, Black Friday, the whole weekend to almost 24 hours a day for, I don't know, the last five years. And it's just, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress, a lot of problems every single day because you're not gonna hear about good deliveries. You only hear about the bad and customers that are frustrated and rightfully so. People expect, you know, it's our job to deliver packages on deliver them on time and, and safely, but people, put a lot of pressure on shipping carriers because they want their packages and they get nasty and angry, but we do the best we can. And so for me, I won't take a vacation till the new year, but it'll be a lot of 16 to 20 hour days right after, right following November to Christmas. So it's very, very challenging, but a good challenging and it's obviously rewarding as well. And I'm sure, like you said, it definitely is rewarding, you know, just seeing everybody happy with their deliveries in the end. Uh, This goes back to a question, no, a topic we talked about earlier, actually, about COVID. What has fundamentally changed the shipping industry since the pandemic started? Well, COVID kind of put gasoline on the fire, so to speak. It's created the perfect storm for e-commerce, residential deliveries like CDL does. Most people, a lot more people are working from home, working remote. They're ordering more online. And so naturally we're delivering way more packages and it kind of accelerated the growth of our business. I think we're, we've grown, we've nearly almost doubled since COVID started, which is pretty remarkable for a company of our size. It's just fueled growth in a much shorter window. Whereas we thought maybe we'd grow at this pace five years from now it took us a year and a half so it's been great for our business that's amazing so i'm sure like accounting is very important for what you do so how do you determine where you want to be in the next five years so especially with shipping because it can be so random with like covid for example you know you weren't expecting to grow 50 or double your business within a year honestly there's a lot of uncertainty my goal when i came here uh and i joined i come from an i-banking background but my goal was to scale this place to a level that it's never seen and we're there already. 
I think, though, as we look ahead, again, I don't have any hard numbers, so to speak, but as we look ahead, my goal is to build the company 10 times the size. I want to keep growing, keep scaling, maybe take the company public one day. I don't know, but continue growing, continue providing the best possible customer experience for a shipping carrier and delighting shippers that come to CDL on the East Coast. What's the best compliment you and your team ever got? A lot of like the shipping industry handles like negative energy, but can you ever remember a time that someone gave you good feedback, even if it doesn't happen often? I can. And so it's a, maybe it's not such a significant story to you, but maybe it is. So it was last year during the snowstorms. We had a period in February of where it snowed like four consecutive weeks. We typically follow the same calendar and the same schedule as like a UPS FedEx. So we close when they close, we're open when they're open. And if they pull their drivers off the road during a snowstorm, we make kind of case by case judgment decisions based on our driver's safety. So last year, it was in February, and I remember that we were, our shippers were thanking us for the service because we had drivers out in all the snowstorms delivering packages, still getting customers their package when obviously nobody's leaving in the middle of a snowstorm. UPS, FedEx, other national carriers, they were all shut down already, but our we had couriers, depending on the, certain, the area, still out there delivering to get the people their packages and it did not go unnoticed. That support and that effort, it made our shippers or our shipping partners very, very happy, but they sent us personal thank yous and some you know, gifts at, at a later date just because they were so appreciative of the effort that we took to continue to make deliveries happen during, even when it's nearly impossible to do so. That's the only time that I really can think of like a true accolade where somebody really recognized us for the effort that goes in behind the scenes day in and day out. Thanks for sharing that. And that's a great point. Like you said, like the efforts that go in day in and day out are important overall, just because like you said, like if your carrier uh, really likes the work you do and someone comes in and says, oh, who should we ship our product with? They're going to automatically recommend you because of the experience that you gave them during that snowstorm. Uh, next question. What's one common myth about the shipping industry that you want to like debunk? The only thing I can think of, and it's not really a myth, but that like people think making a delivery is so easy and it's not. There's so much in that goes into from the time a shipper or time you hit purchase at a checkout or whether it's on a website to the time a package reaches your door. There's so much that goes into it and people th- sometimes think that it's so easy that it should be there automatically next day, one day transit, no issues because of the expectation that Amazon has set. But it's there's so much that goes into it behind the scenes from all the, the pickups, the line hauls, the inner branch shuttles that we run or any other national carrier runs. There's so much complexity that goes into making a simple delivery done on time. And I think that that is not necessarily a myth, but I think it's something that people don't necessarily understand if they're not in the space. And you know, I never really thought about it until until we became friends about the shipping industry. Like my my iPhone, for example, I got the, the new one uh, on launch day. And I remember looking at the tracking number, the thing left China the day before it was delivered. So I it the phone made it to me halfway across the world 
within 24 hours. And like you said, going back to logistics on how it how it gets there, it's, think about the millions of people that ordered the iPhone, like you said, you know? So it, it's just crazy how fast things can actually happen in that way. But without actually, like you said, without people realizing it. So uh, another, I think we got two, we got two last questions for you. Um, where can our listeners find you online and connect with your business? So on our website, we're pretty active actually on LinkedIn. We don't have an Instagram, but I think the best way is via website, cdldelivers.com. Thank you. I think you're gonna like this question. So what is your tip for making the world a better place? If I had a tip for making the world a better place, it would be try and look at situations with the glass half full. A lot of people tend to look at all the negatives, but if they really are optimistic, they're looking at the positives of things and they're really being positive all the time. I think it's, again, you, we kind of touched on this before, but if you put, if you put out positive energy, you're going to get it in return. And I think if more people were positive in certain situations, they looked at things in life and the fact that, you know, we're healthy and that you're living and, and not necessarily money and take money out of the equation. But I think that the world actually would be a much better place. 100% 100% agree with that. Like if people, if people, like you said, looked at the world glass half full, you know, and put out more positive energy, I think everybody would be in such a better mood. People harp on a lot of negativity and a lot of negative things internally. And you know what? It's not worth it. Life is so short that you really have to just be thankful for what we have, that we wake up every day, that we have jobs, that we can live, that we can breathe, we can exercise and just... If you're positive and you live your life, you're going to have a happy life. Whether you are a returning listener or this is your first time listening to Commercial Free, I wanted to give you a huge thank you. You are the reason why we are able to help spread the word of small business owners. While this provides a platform for small business owners to come on and speak about what makes their business so great, you as the listener, I hope you get motivated to start your own business or this helps improve the one you already have. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review as it helps this podcast grow and reach more people around the world.